We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Timeline is a Blue Wire podcast. Sam, this is not the reason we started an NBA podcast about the Phoenix Suns, but we have a lot to talk about today. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. Hi, everyone. We are here. Uh, I guess you could call this an emergency pod. We were planning on recording tonight regardless uh, because we were mm-hmm. planning on continuing our internal development series, which is always a lot of fun. We get to talk about um, the the reason I think we do this podcast in the first place. We get to talk about basketball and X's and O's. and Yeah. Yep. And so on. Um, that series is being postponed at least a handful of days, probably into early next week, because, yeah, we have breaking news. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, we've been doing this for a number of years now. And I wish I could say that we never have to cover s- stuff like this exactly, except that we have this responsibility to. And unfortunately, being in this position where um, just being Suns fans specifically, it feels like over the past several years, there have been a disproportionate number of days where we have been kind of embarrassed to be Suns fans, for lack of a better term. Yeah. This is one of those days, unfortunately. Yeah. And um, yeah, you could break it down for, for for anyone who's living under a rock and does not know what report came out already this morning. You can tell them now. Yeah. The uh, NBA announced a basically a conclusion to the investigation into Robert Sarver which essentially amounted to a one-year suspension where he's not allowed to have any uh, contact with a team or be on team premises at all, and a $10 million fine, which is the most that the NBA can fine an owner, which, of course, is nothing for an owner of an NBA team. Uh, the, the report, which there's a lot of, and I guess we'll get into some of it, maybe not all of it. If you don't feel comfortable listening to this, feel free to skip this one. Uh, we do have to get into some details of what happens, and of course, don't listen to this one with your kids if you have kids. Uh, but Robert Sarver, they said, engaged in conduct that clearly violated common workplace standards as reflected in team and league rules and policies. This conduct included the use of racially insensitive language, unequal treatment of female employees, sex-related statements and conduct, 
and harsh treatment of employees that on occasion constituted bullying. And of course, they did go on to list some of the things he did on at least five occasions during his tenure with the Sons of Mercury. He repeated the N-word when recounting the statements of others. By the way, reading the full report, I would say that that is a generous way to phrase that as it pertains to Robert Sarver. I wouldn't say that every time he used those words constituted a repeating of somebody else. Um, Mr. Sarver engaged in instances of inequitable conduct toward female employees, made many sex-related comments in the workplace, made inappropriate comments about the physical appearance of female employees and other women, and on several occasions engaged in inappropriate physical conduct towards male employees. And then lastly, as far as the bullet points from the NBA, Mr. Sarver engaged in demeaning and harsh treatment of employees, including by yelling and cursing at them. Uh, So this essentially outlines a workplace that is extremely hostile to people where the owner of the team, the very top of the team, used words that were inappropriate, treated people inappropriately, screamed at people, touched them inappropriately in some cases, and uh, didn't treat women equitably, I guess is, is a fair way to put it based on the words that they used here. And the NBA deemed that essentially enough to, to, to suspend him for a year, but not to go any further than that, mm-hmm. which my first reading of this is kind of pathetic. I'll be 100% honest. And I, and I, will, I will just separate this into two thoughts on this. There's what the NBA could do, and then there's forcing him to sell the team, which I think that Robert Sarver should not be an NBA owner just based on this report alone, which... If you just start there, he should not be an NBA owner. NBA owner. That does not necessarily mean that the NBA can force him to sell at this point. There's a lot of things that need to happen in order to force him to sell. But there's also a lot between a one-year suspension and a $10 million fine and forcing him to sell that they could have done. And I think they did not quite go as far as they should have in this case, in this scenario, because in some respects, it's almost as if they're endorsing this treatment as something that requires essentially a slap on the wrist. Yeah, I would agree. Um, of course, what you're talking about there with suspending him for life is it evokes the Donald Sterling imagery that obviously people have made 100 million comparisons to today. and Or more than one year even. Three years, five years. Something yeah. more than just a single there's, year. There's a world... It's 18 years of mistreatment, by there's the way, a, that they outlined. Well, yeah. And, and the point you know I made earlier is like a, a $10 million fine, that's the maximum he's going to sit at home doing nothing for the next year. And when the Forbes valuation comes out of how much the Phoenix Suns are, are worth next year, they'll probably be worth $50 million more, a hundred million dollars more. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, it's not a penalty at all. It's, it's really a joke um, in terms of financially. Um, I, I do think we would be remiss not to say, cause I think we're going to spend a lot of the episode here talking about what this means for possibly players in some instances, uh, definitely what it means for fans because we want to like you know talk about the fan viewpoint and, and and maybe like what we can do as well should be part of the conversation um, but it would be remiss of us not to like start at all with just kind of uh, an understanding of um, that the the victims here were failed today uh, because it's a separate yeah. conversation from Sarver should sell the team which is something I think Suns fans have believed for a long time and would benefit fans in many ways versus the other part of the conversation, which I think is more difficult, there were uh, there were victims here, both, you know, I'm talking about current and in many cases, former Phoenix Suns employees 
who broke NDAs and like put a yeah, put yeah. a lot on the line to participate in this investigation in the first place and I think had very like reasonable suspicion to believe based kind of on who they were dealing with and and just anytime you're dealing with anytime you're going up against someone with this much power someone who wields this much power and prestige there is that fear of retaliation um, in this case, you know, we're told that Sarver completely cooperated with the investigation, but but like, don't mm-hmm. think for a second that these people did not risk something by speaking out, and the the punishment just absolutely does not reflect what evidence was corroborated whatsoever. These these people were completely failed um, by the NBA, mm-hmm. and so just to you know, kind of to them, I would say that as fans, we should have their back first and foremost, and yeah. I think you know our actions should reflect that as well in the coming weeks and, and, and months. I'm not sure exactly how that's going to manifest itself yet, um, but I'm sure we can come up with some ideas. And and yeah, just sorry to all those who were negatively impacted uh, by Sarver's actions. Uh, that's that's kind of the most important thing. And then we can talk about ownership of the team stemming out of that. And I do want to get to get back to the concept of what level of responsibility do we have as fans in this? But let me just detail some of the rest of this report. Uh, as part of Robert Sarver's suspension, he's not allowed to be present at any NBA or WNBA team facility, including office, arena, or practice facility, meaning he can't be on premises. He's not allowed to attend or participate in any NBA or WNBA event or activity, including games, practices, or business partner activity. He's not allowed to represent the Suns or Mercury in any public or private capacity, have any involvement with the business or basketball operations of the Suns or Mercury, or have any involvement in the business, governance, or activities of either NBA and WNBA, including attending or participating in meetings of either league's board of governors or board committees, things like that. Um, There also is an element of the Suns being monitored after he returns, which means they are retaining an outside firm to evaluate and make recommendations with respect to workplace training programs, policies and procedures, hiring and compensation practices with a focus on fostering a diverse, inclusive and respectful workplace, conducting regular and anonymous workplace culture surveys, and responding to survey results with specific action plans, immediately reporting to the league any instances or allegations of significant misconduct by any employee, and for a period of three years, providing the league with regular reports related to steps taken by the organizations to address these requirements. Um, and essentially, that's that's the main part of it. They're going to be monitored by the NBA for years, uh, including outside what they've called an outside firm. I imagine this is likely the law firm that conducted this investigation, which I think your comfortability of that probably depends on whether or not you read the report that I read uh, because it's not it, I would say that they I, they characterize a lot of the things that happen in a light that allows Robert Sarver to essentially retain some level of non-culpability <laughs> I don't know if that's a good way to word it uh, but they, they make it sound not as bad as, as it appears to be when you read that report. So uh, I do think that the NBA is making an effort to ensure that things like this don't happen in the future, but the idea he's 60 years old, the idea that he's going to change at this point, including going to some sort of class in the year that he's suspended 
is it seems a little silly. It seems a little far-fetched. And I think they're trying to minimize the damage as much as possible without actually doing much. I mean, a year's suspension is a year's suspension. Look, it's more than most owners have ever had. I mean, obviously, Donald Sterling was banned from all NBA activities for life. This is very much a slap on the wrist in comparison to that. Now, one thing I just want to mention I was hoping they would force him to sell, and I think a lot of people were hoping they would force him to sell. Part of that reason I was hoping for that is because I've heard some of these stories before, and I think some of you guys felt the same way. It is a different case with Donald Sterling. The way that the NBA can force an owner to sell is essentially by other NBA owners voting in order to and it has to be like a majority of those i think it has to be over 75 percent of those yeah super majority in order to force yeah in order to force an nba owner to sell it actually never even got there with donald sterling the nba essentially threatened to uh, have that vote and it appeared to have the majority of owners on their side in order to get that to that point um donald sterling's wife essentially said he was mentally incapable of running the team and sold the team out from under him. He was never planning on cooperating. That vote would likely have had to happen had Donald Sterling remained in charge. It has never happened, as far as my knowledge, in the history of the NBA. And it didn't sound like they had any plans to do that with Robert Sarver at this point. Now, if you want to make speculation as to why that is, I think the idea that NBA owners don't want to be held responsible for things that they do is probably a good speculation on that. The one other way that things could happen... And sorry, Sam, I know I'm monologuing mm, You're here. giving all the info. So, <laughs> The one other thing that can happen is Suns ownership. Robert Sarver owns 35% of the team. He doesn't own it outright. Some owners do own teams outright. Some owners are considered what are called managing partners. 35. Robert Sarver is a managing partner, owns 35%. It's just to yeah. jump in. The largest majority. Yeah, owners. just to jump in real quick. I mean, that's comparatively quite low compared to basically every other owner in the NBA in terms of yeah. his share. It's one of the largest ownership groups in general, just as far as the total amount of people. Maybe even the largest, I'm not sure. Uh, it's actually quite difficult to find information on the owners of the team. Uh, but if those owners got together, essentially as a board of governors, as they call it, were to vote to force Robert Sarver to sell, they could do that. This is from Gambo. He said, here's what could happen in regards to the Suns' ownership. There is a, there's very likely language in the partnership agreement that would allow for the, remo- excuse me, for the removal of the principal owner for cause if the minority owners determine that Robert Sarver violated his fiduciary, uh, fiduciary well, I, I don't know if I've ever said that word out loud. Fiduciary? Uh, <laughs> duties, yeah, fiduciary, thank you. Duties and acted unethically and immorally. They could look to act on that clause. I think what's interesting about this specific report, if you want to call it that, by Gambo, and when it's a tweet, it's usually a report by Gambo, is, uh, I mean, a lot of people have assumed in the past that Gambo gets information from Robert Sarver. It's a pretty safe assumption. But also, they're essentially saying there is an ethic and morality clause, potentially, in the partnership agreement, but there's also a clause that says if they're not doing the best to make the most amount of money for the owners... Those two things are separate, and there could be a case to be made that not only has he violated any ethic, ethically or immorally, like a morality clause, that maybe he's not also the best to make them the most amount of money, which I found interesting in his report there. So there is a, 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 a path, a potential 
for them to do that at this point. Gambo went on to say that there's a possibility that John Najafi, who we've talked about on the podcast before, yes. could potentially force a vote. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, right? Because kind of what you're speaking to there is just how how all of these power structures, whenever, you know, that how, how all of them are designed. The reason it was only a $10 million fine in the first place, Adam Silver is relatively powerless compared to all of these these big, scary owners who have net worths in, in the billions of dollars. And so, of course, when you talk about how the Suns are run as an organization, there is a path. Um, and it would make sense, actually, more so than there being a path to get him on an ethics or morality clause, um, there being a path to say his actions have substantially harmed the reputation of this organization, does not align with our values, and most of all, it's losing us money. And that could mm-hmm. be potentially how you get however many of these owners, these partial owners on board. Again, kind of as you were alluding to, Mike, I think the difficult thing about this part of the conversation is we know Jamna Jaffe because Jamna Jaffe, uh, A, has a net worth much larger than Robert Sarver's. He has a net worth of $3 billion dollars but also because he's made a very public effort to kind of get his face out there and distance himself from the Sarver brand, if you will. The challenging thing is we don't know the exact percentages of who owns what. Like you said, that information is difficult to find online, and we don't know the positions of basically anyone else here in this organization. At least there's no one else who I can think of coming from within the Suns organization who has publicly or been willing to publicly break with Robert Sarver. Uh, to give you one example, people always remember that, you know, Larry Fitzgerald is now a partial Suns owner. I don't think mm-hmm. he has a particularly large share, but again, that information isn't public to me. But what I can say is that he is an example of someone who, when this investigation first started, um, you know, was not willing to was not willing to break essentially with Sarver's side and and stood behind him, at least publicly. Uh, maybe that changes based on new information coming out, but we just don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is there the ability to create a coalition there? It's possible, but also what needs to happen in order to pursue that route that you can say that the Suns brand has uh, sufficiently suffered um, because yeah. so much of the money is tied up in TV deals that are already inked. That's not going to change no matter what happens this yeah. year. So you're talking about right. how much of the Suns revenue is coming through things that can be impacted 
uh, on a short-term basis, and that's talking about merch sales. It's talking about ticket sales. It's talking sponsors. It's talking about huge one. It's talking about sponsors and public pressure that can potentially, if people have the will to do so, could be applied specifically to to who are the Sun sponsors. So, I mean, I think you know when we talk about the conversation of every fan has to kind of look inwards and ask themselves, you know what they want to do about this situation. And I think we would be kidding ourselves if we said that any individual person has a whole lot of sway here. Um, but fundamentally, there are some things that fans, if they decided to, uh, th- mm-hmm. there are some things that they could do if they came together. And that doesn't even start to get into the whole player side of the conversation because we should talk yeah. about them as well. Well, that's, I mean, that's another part, right? What we haven't yet heard from is the players. We have, as far as I know, at the time of recording this, only two things that I think we could point at as players or former players saying anything about this is Jay Crowder who tweeted just wow and uh, and an emoji which I think is <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry uh, I should like, but I mean he did he did that in a way that has some level of yeah hey, I wasn't talking about that if he doesn't you yeah. know want to claim that he was but the other side of that was Jamal Crawford who said he was Donald Sterling 2.0 and Jamal Crawford he would know, he would know. Well, for for one he was involved in the Clippers when that all went down and two, he was on the Suns. So he has direct involvement with Robert Sarver. Uh, so he has uh, played for both teams and he knows both owners. And for him to say that, I think carries a lot of weight. There are a lot of Suns players who now are probably weighing what to do. If anything, is it fair for the players to have that kind of pressure on them? Not at all. It's not. It's the NBA's responsibility to protect them and everyone else and the fans from things like this for for even being discussed. I don't like that we even have to discuss it. And we have a responsibility to do that too. But ultimately, these players are going to have to say something. And what they say could have a massive effect on what happens next. Um, Of course, I'm interested in Chris Paul. Chris Paul uh, has, (laughs) he's very familiar with things that have happened uh, with the Clippers in the past and has likely a lot of great insight on what should happen now going forward. Whether or not they say uh, it's sufficient, I think will carry a lot of weight. And then, of course, I think even more than that is Devin Booker, who's a young star in the NBA and will likely be in the NBA another 10 to 15 years, whatever you want to say. Uh, and what he says and how he feels about this probably carries the most weight. Devin Booker in general has sort of shied away from talking about anything that could be considered controversial. Uh, Other which than I think double is, teams and pickup. Yeah, of course. Uh, which I think for in, in his case is purposeful, uh, I would I would guess. Um, so we'll see if he ends up saying anything and then other players are involved in that as well. You know, Jay Crowder, he already started a statement. If he wants to continue that, he should. And I hope we hear something from them relatively soon. It's not going to be too long until we're at media day yes. and there's reporters in their face. Yes. And I have a, I have a feeling it's not just going to be Kellen and Gerald if the players <laughs> haven't said anything yet. Uh, and Dwayne. You know, it, it, and Dwayne. And Dwayne, yeah. yeah. It might be uh, Baxter. You yeah. know, <laughs> it might be Windhorst. Yep. You know, if, if nothing else has come out of this. And I think as far as where this can go next, how media reacts to this is going to be interesting. I personally characterize this as a complete and utter failure by the NBA uh, and an absolute embarrassment 
to the city of Phoenix and to the Phoenix Suns. How ESPN covers it, I think, will have an impact on how long it becomes a story. And how much public pressure is put on the NBA and and I guess just mainly the NBA, the Suns too, but the NBA because they have more control over this, is going to matter too. And then from a fan perspective, fans, if you feel like this is not enough, you need to make that known. And they know you are right now. And you guys know I am uh, right now. And to some extent, maybe it's okay to ask the sponsors if they're okay supporting someone like that. Because they are at this point. That money's going directly into Robert Sarver's pocket. And to question them and what they're willing to do could have a bigger impact on this than anything else. Because to me, like I said to start this podcast, regardless of what the NBA did or could do, this man should not own an NBA team. Not to mention, by the way, a WNBA team where he's said things that is inappropriate uh, for black people in general, but also women. And the WNBA is full of black women. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable that this man is allowed to still be left in it power is really this. not a complicated process after all of the the evidence that has come out if you or i or any other normal average joe average person uh used that type of coded racial language um abused women to that extent in the workplace uh exposed yourself sexually to yeah i mean going beyond yeah. sexual harassment we're talking about sexual assault in a number of these cases not only would we be fired from our jobs uh, but many of us would be charged criminally <laughs> for a lot of these things. Yeah. Um, and look, and look, we only read some of it. Yes. In the full report, Robert Sarver said that he hates diversity. Yeah. <laughs> this is a whole reports from people who work there. He said he didn't understand why some players, black players, could say the N-word and he could Well, and here's the, the biggest thing for me too, right, is that there was also this report, this this like kind of standalone tweet that came out. I think from Woj. Maybe it came from someone other than Woj. My memory's already fuzzy. But uh, Sarver shows no remorse over this, as far as we know. He put out a a fairly Mm -hmm. weak PR statement. But Mm -hmm. according to Woj, I believe it was Woj. Correct me if I'm wrong. um, He did not feel that he deserved this punishment. You know, the the word that Woj used, I think, was acrimonious. That that it became an acrimonious process. Get, you know, not he's going to cooperate. He'll pay the $10 million. He'll sit out for mm-hmm. the one year. Now, actually, I think there are a couple things he might not cooperate on, and that could be an interesting discussion. Um, but for the most part, as far as we know, he's going to cooperate. But it doesn't mean he feels sorry for what he did. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. that starting next year, the, the, the same cycle doesn't begin again, right? Which, like, isn't that a whole other shameful layer of this, that you're not amending anything by doing this if no. you allow this guy to come back? Well, I mean, you're sort of outlining outlining the potential weak punishment if another NBA owner were to do anything similar to this. You're saying it's okay, essentially. Uh, and just to just to, I, this is not fun to read for me. I just want I just people who may not follow me on Twitter. I outlined all of this on Twitter. I just want to read some of this other stuff that that he said because I don't think the NBA's the way the NBA put out their statement did not include some of the details that people deserve to hear about this. Like Robert Sarver using the phrase white folks in the front, N-words in the back when talking about black people boarding a private jet, which I think is just straight up racist. Uh, he asked a female employee to her face, why do all the women cry so much around here? After making her cry multiple times, implying, of course, that that happens a lot. Uh, I'm not going to read that one on the podcast. It's just too disgusting. For, go to my Twitter if you want to read all of them. 
Uh, he wants, this is directly from the report, Sarver once unnecessarily dropped his underwear and exposed his genitals to a male employee who was on his knees in front of Sarver performing a fitness check that Sarver had requested and had undergone before. This was after being told that that was unnecessary to do. Uh, he once grabbed a male employee at his son's holiday party and danced pelvis to pelvis with him. And the employee found Sarver's conduct unwelcome, uncomfortable, and inappropriate. He once unnecessarily stood nude in front of a male employee after using the locker room showers, making him feel uncomfortable. These are all things detailed in the report. And there's more. And there's a lot more. And to me, just looking at all of these things stacked on top of each other, I can tell you this. Anyone of you that has a job, if your boss did this, they're gone. They're gone. And I know it's a different scenario where this guy is technically the owner of the team, but the owner of the team that exists within a franchise, I think the punishment that they doled out to this is just not enough. And for fans to ask for more, I think you should. And, um, I am, and I think you should. Yeah. yeah. 35% owner of the team. You know? Like, again, I don't, I don't think this should be as difficult to process if people have the will and if some of these partial owners have the will. Um, but again, man, players to such a large extent are going to be the catalyst here. And it really does all start with Chris. I'm going to be really waiting for what he says. It's just so, it's just so unfair to them. I know. Just like it was in the past. I know. And and, you know, it's a distraction for them, but they just want to play basketball man. they just want to hoop, but whatever the Suns decide, we just, we already know whatever the Suns decide to do as a group of players, um, I think is going to come stemming from the wisdom of i mean it's probably going to be a joint decision i have a feeling it's going to be monty and it's going to be chris together uh who lead the way mm-hmm. and they may end up making some sort of statement probably i would not be surprised to see james jones make a yeah. statement here as well we just don't know um yeah, yeah. and I, yeah i agree i agree with all of that and i think it'll be interesting to see how they respond and what they say because i think there's still a lot more to be told with this story and i think what the NBA likely wants, what Robert Sarver likely wants, is this to go away quickly. And I don't think it should because I just don't think it, there's a hypocrisy to this, too, right? The NBA prides itself on social justice campaigns, uh, racial equity, racial justice, and they are sort of signing off on an owner, staying an owner in the NBA who clearly doesn't believe in those things and not only doesn't believe in them, I mean, actively fights against them in some ways. It's sort of the fundamental difference between the NBA and the NFL, right? In that we know the NFL doesn't give a shit. They've never pretended to give a shit. Uh, For the NBA, uh, it's, it's a little bit disappointing that they talk the talk, but then at the end of the day, a lot of their policies reflect exactly the same thing. Right, right. And we'll see what ends up happening. I think going forward from here, maybe... Maybe an owner has enough power to force a vote. And this is one of the Suns owners and the managing partners of the Phoenix Suns or the partners of the Phoenix Suns end up voting on whether or not to leave Robert Sarver in power. I don't know if there's a scenario where Robert Sarver retains his 35% but is no longer the managing partner. I imagine that's pretty difficult considering if they vote based on your ownership stake of the team, he owns 35% of the team. That means his vote counts for 35%. So it's probably difficult to vote against that. Uh, I don't know if there's a scenario where they vote to get rid of him. I think it's possible. And this is actually not just from Gambo. It was written about by Phoenix Magazine when the initial investigation was announced that it is possible for the owners to vote in a scenario like this. And then I think we're going to have to monitor to see obviously what the players do or say 
and how long this remains in 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 the news and a lot of that will depend on uh the reaction by by people and by i think people of influence you know media people uh like we'll see what they end up saying on espn tomorrow morning and that might have an impact on how long this stays in the news going forward um there is one other thing here before we wrap up which is really quite frivolous compared to all of the rest of this when we're talking about like you know these transgressions and criminality or whatever but it's about the roster building um have we considered the consequences of what it means for the suns being able Mm -hmm. to build a winning basketball team that their owner is not allowed to participate in basketball operations for a year uh, just mm-hmm. very quickly because, you know, just, I guess, following the logic in case people haven't thought about that yet. And I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't blame you if you have not thought about that today. Um, but the Suns do have an extension coming up, say, with Cam Johnson. They do have difficult decisions regarding the luxury tax and if they want to deepen uh, their luxury tax expenses and their luxury tax bill. And I think having a certain level of disarray in the organization at the ownership level over the next year where maybe you're not allowed to consult certain people on those types of decisions, uh, just a very quick point that that stuff could become murky over the next season Mm -hmm. as well. And I I just don't Mm -hmm. have the answers for how they're going to handle that, just purely talking about basketball decisions. Um, Obviously, like, like, let me be clear. It's a good. Th- it's always been a good thing for Sarver not to be involved in in basketball decisions, right? The day to day, you want that to be handled by James Jones. Um, but yeah, now we don't know who like he could sell, he could not, and and we don't know what that looks like going forward. And I just very briefly, I wonder if that affects James Jones's thinking uh, in terms of his ability to construct a roster over the next year, and and if that changes anything for them. I, I'm glad you actually mentioned that. Right before we started recording, Baxter Holmes did release another report for ESPN, which stated that Robert Sarver will work with the NBA to appoint a governor, a managing partner, essentially, uh, for the team during the year that he is suspended. Which, of course, if there is a governor, a managing partner over the team in the year that Robert Sarver is suspended, I think the worst case scenario is that Robert Sarver is involved in picking that person. Uh, but he is, according to the report by Baxter Holmes. I think there was a scenario where I personally hoped it was John Najafi over the course of that time because he has the second largest ownership stake in the team. And maybe that has some sway. And maybe the other partners of the team, other owners of the team, have some sway in that as well. But I think based on how I understand their relationship, which is John Najafi does not like Robert Sarver, I assume that that's not going to be the case. Uh, so... Over the next week or so, I imagine we're going to hear some news from the players and how they feel. We're going to see how the media reacts. We're likely soon going to know who that managing partner is. I imagine there's probably a very short list of people who will be in charge of the team in the interim. And uh, I think there is a case to be made that this could be a disaster for the team this season. I mean, I I hate to say that, but if you have someone who is not really in in charge for a year... It's difficult to to expect things to go the right way, the way that they're supposed to go. Having said that, Robert Sarver not being there is a positive. So we'll see if that has any positive impact on that. We're going to keep this one short 
and be back next week to talk more about basketball. But do you have anything else you'd like to add before we end this one? Uh, no, I think we covered the bare bones. We'll continue to report kind of as we hear stuff here, not report in the traditional sense, but you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I th- we'll try and break it down, outline it for you guys as much as there's possible. a lot. I guess just that there's a lot more we haven't heard yet. Right. We're recording a few hours after the news breaks, but I want to hear from John Najafi. I want to hear from Chris Paul mm-hmm. uh, and Devin Booker and Monty Williams and, and, and James Jones. And I think we'll hear from all of those people in due time. But, yeah, there's a lot of details. I uh, we're not we're not built for this. Sam and I we're doing our best. Uh, to try and go through this as much as possible. This is just me serving a reminder to you guys that ultimately we're fans of this team just like you, and we're coming at it and approaching it from the perspective of fans of the team. I apologize. We're not journalists. We're not attempting to be in any way, but we will sort through this as best as we can. Also, especially when it comes to matters of legality, we're not journalists. We've never purported to be journalists. As Mike just said, we're also not lawyers. And so a lot of this stuff can become tricky at a certain point. But, uh, yeah, if we have to talk to specialists eventually, I think that's something that that could definitely be arranged. But, yeah, yeah. keep an open mind. And we appreciate we appreciate you guys uh, for sticking with us on this. And we'll do our best going forward back next week, hopefully just to talk about basketball. I'm sure there will be other news between now and then. Thanks, guys. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.